It's like, oh, is that an ice cap? That sounds lovely. I hate it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I brought you something pretty, though. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll turn on the dining room. I don't have caffeine after like five. Yeah. Okay. For you. The one of a kind, Mr. Hopper. Ooh. For you, though. Uh oh. You get time, Mr. The Hopper. only Magnum PI Hopper. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> You're Prince of Prince Darkness. Prince of Darkness. Darkness, which I tried to watch. Which I'm immediately you going to apologize to for. <laughs> I was playing. I, I mean, like, started to watch it, and I'm like, I have Pokemon to catch. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, John Carpenter, you're a god, but damn, that movie was a slug. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, you like, you like more slashers, though, but I, I, I am more the psychological... Well, like absurdist horror. This sort of thing I'm generally okay with. It's yeah. just that the delivery was bad. The mm. delivery wasn't great. The, delivery the performances great. were very I mean, go, go Alice Cooper with your whole right? thing. But yeah. <laughs> and that bike. And that bike. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit. Well, like, um, I was listening to some YouTube videos on the way over. And I guess Alice Cooper's in it because Alice Cooper's manager got into producing horror movies. Mm -hmm. And John Carpenter was like, you know, in your in your stage show, Alice, you have this. Oh, what is it? Um, there was a guillotine, I think, in his show mm -hmm. okay. that they that John Carpenter asked if they could use. And they were like, yeah, sure. And then he was like, I really like when you um, stab somebody with your uh, mic stand too can we use that and he goes if i can be in the movie there you go and well, they, they were like okay you're the king of the homeless people and he's like i'm down i'm go. absolutely right. down it's alice cooper, it's <laughs> it's alice cooper. Like, is it acting at that point like i know right <laughs> yeah i'm just happy that alice cooper got to do an episode of the muppets <laughs> ready to go sure yay sure <laughs> sure I picked a horrible movie, sure. <laughs> I still don't think it's horrible. That's not horrible. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to do this. It's going to start. Hi, kids. It's Candy Coat and Razor Blades. I'm your host, Bob. And I don't touch cylinders of green goo without permission. And here are my co-hosts, Stephanie and RC. Please introduce yourselves. Hi, everyone. I'm RC. And I also like to blather on about credits for 11 minutes. <laughs> And I'm Stephanie, and I haven't really thought of anything to say, but I will say that um, Dennis Dunn um, saying, I'm sorry you looked, I'm sorry I said you looked Asian, threw me on my ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't look Asian at all. I'm sorry for what I said. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot in the, the feature that yeah. we'll, we'll get to because yeah. I'm going to be like opening Ooh. with an apology to all of our female right. listeners. Right. <laughs> 
And and by way of apology, we're going to start with the ebbing. <laughs> the last of our Jennifer Trudering shorts. Oh, God, I love this woman. Um, so the ebbing, again, came out very recently. Like, she had to post it on Vimeo the day she told us about it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she's like, I'll go ahead and do this to you and give you the code. It's great. So she gave us the code and we watched it. It's amazing. Um, uh, we've got in the ebbing Penny Monroe again. She was in Here They Be Tigers. She was um, the girl. Drez Ryan, Emily Tynan McDaniel, uh, Melissa, she plays the mom in this one. Um, Aaron Yabara, her co worker, Tiffany Copeland, uh, Sadie Gray Monroe, the girl from Insolence. Indolence. Indolence. Thank you. Welcome. Indolence. Insolence is totally a different thing. <laughs> yes. I have had a lot of pasta and my brain is fuzzy as fuck right now. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, and then Jeff Benninghofen. What a name. Mm. Benninghofen. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this one was another good one. This is um, uh, much darker than Indolence. Um, yeah, it, it goes places. Oh, yeah. Goes to, to some yeah. weird-ass places. Like, it's basically the story of a mother's grief over her child who's been kidnapped. Um, and she, you know, tries to do the whole roaring rampage of revenge mother thing. <laughs> Thanks, Frida. Yeah, hopefully the microphone doesn't pick that up. Cats keep us humble. They do. They do. Because we keep their shitters in the living room. Yep. And we clean it up for them. <laughs> yep. They just stare at us while we scoop their poop. Yep. You touch my poop, human. <laughs> You're my pet. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Yeah. We, we don't own cats. Cats own us. Mm. So anyway, no, it's, um. Oi. The brain fuzzies are bad. Things. This is another one that really is hard to talk about because we can't give spoilers. Right. Um, right. Not a spoiler, but kind of a spoiler. There is a twist at the end. Oh, very um, yeah. It is a really well done short. I, I really liked it. I wish I could say that I had seen the twist at the end coming. I didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't. don't think anyone saw that. No. Um, Fuck. I was surprised and it was very I wasn't surprised that it was good. I was surprised, comma, and it was very, very good. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, this is where you've got... Oh, gee, she she does that kind of descent into, into madness really well. Absolutely. She wrote that really well. Um, who was this one directed? This was this one was directed by Kevin Patrick Murphy. Uh, he is also known for. He's also an actor, actually. Um, well, he was one of the ones you read off, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah, yeah, The Ebbing. Yep. Um, directed The Ebbing, directed The Share, and directed a a six episodes of the TV show Social Anxiety. Um. It was Jeff Benninghofen. <laughs> yes, we know that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he was not. He did not act in this. Oh, okay, but he did direct it. Um, but he did a really good job of, of adapting her work. Mm-hmm. Um, where some of the others, 
didn't feel as full as this one. He filled every frame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With with meaning. This it is a I think it's the shortest of the three. Longest. Really? I think it was the longest. It certainly felt the shortest. Yeah. Because there's a lot going on all the time. Yeah. In a really positive way. Like, it's not not too busy, but there's something that has your attention the whole time. Totally. Entirely. And it's... You feel bad for this woman. Yeah. I mean, you would feel bad for anyone who's lost a child, whether or not they know that child is still alive, Mm -hmm. regardless. So, but the the way that Jen and... Uh, the director handled this. Um, it was just mind blowing. Yeah, easily the best of the three shorts from a technical perspective. Yeah, for me, I can uh, agree with that. Yeah, for I, I get behind that. For enjoyment, um, I'm gonna have to go with Tigers. Same. Yeah, this yeah. is definitely for me at least a close second. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's not not far far off at all i mean really none of them are they they all right. have their their merits they really do um but from a purely technical standpoint from a filmmaking standpoint this is gorgeous mm-hmm. it's absolutely stunning and i i loved every frame of it mm-hmm. every frame so but um what did you guys think i think i think you're right on point yeah, you know, like I like I said when we watched Tigers, Tigers was my favorite of the three mm-hmm. that we watched. Um, this was second, and um, it's definitely the the creepiest oh, for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, there there's definitely a real sense of dread. Yeah, through the entire thing. Yeah, exactly. The entire thing. Um, Tigers had that, but because you were dealing with a child. You know, primarily in this case, right? Um, it didn't feel as deep as the Ebbing did. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it didn't feel like you were staring into the abyss. It felt like you were staring kind of halfway into the abyss. <laughs> right? You just got a peek versus this. You're like, it's blinding. Right? You are right there in it, right there. And I really wish that we could tell you more about the plot besides you know mother looking for her kidnapped daughter. But fuck me. Fuck me, this is amazing. It's mm-hmm. very, very good. Yeah, Jen, anytime you do work, just please send it over <laughs> Because we will gladly talk about it on this show. Absolutely. Um, and, and just let us know when we can give spoilers and shit. Cause, For, know, yeah, absolutely. That way we can actually talk about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and I really hope you're going to be at Nightmares again. Because oh, I, saw, yes, yes. I saw her short um, last year. And yeah. It was also really, really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I hope so, too. Um, well, I, here's hoping because yeah. I'll gladly watch it again. Yeah, I would. Think. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine that seeing some of these things in a theater. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. With everyone else feeling. Uh huh. Oh, shit. Yeah. Or laughing with you. you know, Depending right? on which one it is right. and like, mm-hmm. what the scene is. Right. But, um, but no, damn. Damn, damn, damn. Jen. Jen, you're amazing and we love you. <laughs> and now we have to go on to this other movie. From another person that we absolutely love, but fuck up. Now we're talking Prince of Darkness, kids. <laughs> okay, so... Um, so, I want to start off <laughs> by apologizing. <laughs> this, this is another movie where I watched it 
um, for the first time a long time ago, a long time being seven, eight years, somewhere on there. Right. So I was still an adult, but God, I was dumber. <laughs> um, and like watching this, I'm like, this is a lot more misogynist than I remember. Yeah. <laughs> and then like things kept going and I'm like, oh no. Uh, I mean, so, the, the one dude gets called out for his sexism. And, and he's like, And yup. he owns it. Yeah. And then is like, No, no I was kidding. joking. Loud and proud. Just kidding. I have notes about that when we get to that oh, in plot. Um, so, it's, it's a very misogynist movie, and even a good deal, a surprising amount of homophobia as well. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Holy Jesus. So before we begin with the, with this, keep in mind that Prince of Darkness was, was one of the trilogy of films called the Apocalypse, uh, Apocalypse Trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, in, excuse me, included The Thing, um, In the Mouth of Madness, yes, In the Mouth mm-hmm. of Madness, and Prince of Darkness. Mm-hmm. So we've got three different versions of the apocalypse happening in film. That's what he meant to do. We've got the alien life form coming and destroying us. We've got in this film Satan coming and taking his place in the world again. And then Well we, Satan's father. Satan's father. Uh-huh. Okay. Satan's father is God. Not in this. Okay. <laughs> Something happened. Something happened. Right, because I mean that doesn't fit with the I think that's half the point. Story. I think that that is I think that was Carpenter trying to um break down stuff that is written down in a a big old biblical book and trying to trying to break break down the mythology so maybe the mythology isn't right and then make making technology and science um battle religion because technology is the common sense and the truth and and then the religion specifically yeah and then religion is the the mythology right yeah. You know, so it's like I don't I, I don't want to say fact versus fiction, but um you, you like the the amorphousness of belief and yeah. the hard facts of science. Right. So and I think that's they blend. Yeah. They, yeah. They they talked a lot about like uh Schrodinger's cat. Yeah. You know, where you don't know what that cat is until you open that box. Mm-hmm. It is it is in this amorphous state of being until you can observe it. Mm-hmm. And then once you've observed it, you know whether it is alive or dead. Yeah. You know, things like that. So, I, uh, this is going to turn into a philosophical conversation. I tell you what. Probably. You know what? I, I definitely have philosophical things to say. <laughs> so. And that's fine. I assume that most of us do. Well, yeah, because that's what this is. This whole movie is about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, are you ready for deets? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. So, this is currently rated. I wrote this down because um, there have been a bunch of articles about it recently, which I found interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's rated a six point seven out of ten on IMDb, uh, with fifty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but has a cult following. Yeah. Right. Um, well, because it's Carpenter. Yeah. Because it's Carpenter. And it ain't Ghost of Mars. Nope. At least it's not no, that. No, not Ghost of Mars. <laughs> I actually really like Ghost of Mars. So, moving on. <laughs> People really like this movie. Everyone has their preferences. They do. Um, 
This movie had a three million dollar budget. What? It uh, made four point like six on its opening weekend. That's nineteen eighty seven money. Exactly. That's nineteen eighty seven. That's nineteen eighty seven money. Big trouble in Little China had just bombed. <laughs> which, Where did he get that way, big buck money from? Which, by the way, he just stole all the fucking actors. Right. Yeah. So this was directed by John <laughs> Carpenter, and this was also written by John Carpenter under the pseudonym of Martin Quartermass. Mm-hmm. Starring Donald Pleasance as the priest. Um, didn't have a name. Kind of yep. funny. Yeah. Um, you know well, him as uh, you know him in several things: Halloween, Halloween two, four, five, and six, <laughs> and also this movie because they called him by the name once mm-hmm. as Loomis. Right. Yeah. You okay. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm good. Okay. Oh, and the Quartermass thing—that was John Carpenter doing an homage to Bernard Quartermass. I don't know what that means. The Quartermass um, experiment. Yeah, quarter master. Oh, okay. Because he was way into theoretical physics and whatnot when he wrote this. Yeah. So he just had a big nerd boner for him. He wish. And and it's actually not a bad movie for like early 1960s sci fi. Yeah. Uh, Also starring Jameson Parker, which I had to laugh because it's a band and I'm emo and it's a very (laughs) emo band. Um, it's named Jameson Parker. Uh huh. But the, so the the differences are, uh, it's an I instead of an E in Jameson, mm-hmm. and it's all one word. Oh, okay. The band is Jameson Parker. Okay. Um, as Brian Marsh, uh, he's from this Simon and Simon, Jackals and Jag. I didn't recognize him at all. Well, he aged. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I remember him from Simon and Simon. I don't know what Simon and Simon is. Yes. I wrote it down because it was on IMDb. Old dep- old TV show. T- well, that I gathered. Yeah. <laughs> kind of Magnum PI ish. Okay. Yeah. I could tell that by the mustache. Yeah. Um, Ooh, yeah. Victor Wong as Professor Howard uh, Birock. I keep wanting to say Barack, and I'm like, that's not it. Um, known from Big Trouble in Little China. What? What? And Tremors. What? what? <laughs> right? Yeah. He was the guy that ran He's the uh, God. store. Yeah, he yeah. is. Lisa Blount as Catherine Danforth, uh, known from An Officer and a Gentleman, something called Crystal, which looked interesting, and another thing called Prophet, which did not. Huh. <laughs> Dennis Dunn as Walter from Big Trouble in Little China, what, what? The Last Emperor, and You're the Dragon. Susan Blanchard as Kelly from They Live, Policewoman, and Falcon Crest. Uh, And then this one I thought was the most interesting. Um, Anne Howard as Susan Cabot. She was in the collection. She was the yeah. She was the news reporter. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) Oh crap! Uh, She was also in Blue Streak and The Weatherman. Nice. On to plot. On to plot. Um, there's going to be a lot of digression in this because that's really just how the movie is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, the backstory I go through kind of quick, even though I added a bunch of jokes because I needed a bunch of jokes, started analyzing the movie more than I did the first time I watched it <laughs> and then was like, what the fuck? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> so. A priest invites quantum physicist Professor Howard Byrock and his students to join him in the basement of a monastery belonging to the Brotherhood of Sleep, an old order who sometimes manages to communicate through dreams. 
Honestly, that's probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. Right. Is yeah. the mythology behind the Brotherhood of Sleep and the insane uh, shit that they right. do. I would watch I would watch a movie about the Brotherhood of Sleep. Hmm. I would I would watch I wanted, that. I want it to be like a mockumentary though. <laughs> Where it's it's like, like a documentary that up. this is all real. Right. <laughs> right? And, and then they're they're just all there sleeping. That's it. Nap time at the monastery. Yes. <laughs> you got it. Blankies in a juice box. So then, <laughs> I started adding. This is I already started adding things in. We are one sentence in. The professor seems to act, and this goes places. Apparently, I was in a fucking mood. So <laughs> <laughs> the professor seems to to act like a white person trying to write an Asian mystic trademark dialogue as Deepak Chopra. Oh. Wow. Yeah, well, I, I stand by form. what I said. Yeah. No, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm right there with you. Right there. You're good. Uh, the students find out that their weekend plans are being overwritten via a note on the door, prompting Walter to shout about his plans, some misogynistic comments, and then an intensely awkward heterosexual encounter between two people stalking each other. Right. <laughs> so in this scene, uh, it's not Walter, Brian. Yeah, it's, it's Brian and... Catherine introduce themselves uh, first and last name. Right. And then both of them just respond with, I know. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? <laughs> this is weird. Do you know that this is weird? I don't think you know that this is weird. And you should know that this is weird. Have you seen what John Carpenter looks like? I don't think he's ever had a normal social life. I have not. He but doesn't look that weird. He's a weirdo. He's got he looks he's like got Gallagher a lot of hair in, stuff happening. He looks like Gallagher in like sixty years. Like he's gonna be like smashing watermelons. Okay. For, you know, with a big sledgehammer thing. Yeah. All right. He didn't oh. have the giant like. He really does look like Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> I 100% see it and agree. Oh, man. Give him that stupid hat. Oh, man. Suspenders. Yep. Um, Okay, so where was I after that? Um, Oh. The stalking. Yeah, Yeah, so uh, I kept going, apparently. That that thought was not over. Oh, no. (laughs) So after the intensely awkward sexual encounter between two people stalking each other um, is followed by a white man misunderstanding why joking about misogynist uh, about being misogynistic ruins a mood because you know the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Hang right. on, I kept going. Holy shit. <laughs> that said, Jameson Parker could have gotten it, but I'd have been happier with body hair. It was the point. Also, stage. ants. <laughs> <laughs> No, I will also ants. I will say, <laughs> as an actress, there's a lot of stuff, especially in horror movies. I'm like, oh, I could handle that. Oh, I could handle that too. I guess it's a little messy, but I can handle it. I tell you right here and now, <laughs> if John Carpenter came up to me and said, Stephanie, we want you to be the lead. We want you to be Spear Chucker number two, off to the side. I would say absolutely. Oh, wait, Stephanie, there's one thing. <laughs> um, every shot, you're going to be covered in some sort of insect. Yeah. I mean covered. I mean <laughs> on your 
face and down your legs. Literally coming out of your pants. Yeah, coming out of your clothing. I would say, deuce. (laughs) Hard pass. (laughs) Hard pass. Can't do it. Thank you so much, Mr. Carpenter. It's truly an honor. (laughs) But freaking, you can go... You can go freaking die in a fire. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, it, it would depend on the kind of bugs for me. Not me. I mean, none of it. If you're talking like <laughs> spiders, fuck you, no. Yeah. Bye. Deuces out. Um, but like an ant. Me? Not those big me? fuckers. No. Or the those, ones the, they were like the ones as big the... as my thumb. They were gigantic. Oh, yeah, they were. Uh uh-uh. uh. Amazonian bullshit. Yeah. So so much of that shit in this movie. The only like good part of any of that dialogue was her calling him out on being misogynist. Him owning it and then it not having consequences. Yeah. Is really concerning. Yes, seriously. Don't get me wrong. Use him for that dick. Yeah. Because that is one hundred percent what she did. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Thank you, sexual revolution. And get that money. More power to you, but. Leave the money on the nightstand and go. Right. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Okay. So, the priest requires their assistance in investigating a mysterious cylinder containing a swirling green liquid. Among the 13 academics present are the wisecracking Walter, Demure Kelly, and... This is from the Wikipedia, so I'm sorry. Okay. And lovers, Brian Marsh and Catherine Danforth. And then I... A bunch of stuff happened, and I didn't want to write about it, so I wrote misogyny and even some gay jokes. <laughs> <laughs> they imply that Walter's gay. Yeah. Constantly. A lot. And by a imply, lot. I mean they make jokes about it, because I guess it's, you know, an insult. It was the late 80s. It was fine. Yeah. It wasn't, because wasn't they were fine. all dying. I tell you what, though. This is when I started to fall... I'm not saying fall off the train, but I was like... Why is there some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Secret of the Ooze under this church? Yeah. The Order of the Sleep hit it. I get that. I completely processed that information. But why is there a giant (laughs) glowing vat of liquid under this church? (laughs) Because there wouldn't be a movie that I I, want. I, I, know, I just, just I don't weird. understand why it had to a be swirling. It's a holy relic. We gotta save it. Well, like that's that's true because if they have like pinky bones of saints, then right. yeah, every Catholic church has a relic. Technically, yeah. Right. <laughs> he's not wrong. I, you can be mad, but he's not wrong. <laughs> No, I just like when I saw that vat, like this crazy, some looks like something that you would see in the thing. Right. I got real confused because I was just like, that's so, in my mind, just reads so like futuristic and technical. It is very out of place. Yeah. And I get that some of it is supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And and also, okay, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but I'm going to ask this question now because we're talking about the giant Mm. vat. So while they're investigating it, which we'll get to here in a bit. One of the things that they mentioned is that the vat can only be opened from the inside. Right. This thing is supposedly containing the physical embodiment of Satan. Mm. Or the corporeal embodiment, sorry. Right. Mm-hmm. Why would you let that open from the inside? 
isn't that the thing that you're literally trying to make not happen? I have questions. <laughs> <laughs> Their literal one job is making sure that this doesn't get out. Well, so let's put the lock on the inside. Didn't the last one die? Isn't that how, like, Loomis ended up with the key? Yeah, like, the, yeah. the last sleep dude. Was it Brotherhood of Sleep? Yes. Brotherhood of Sleep. The last sleep dude, he died. Yeah. And I, I gather that he, he saw what was going to happen in his sleep. Kind of. Yeah. He kind of went like, oh, I can't stop this. I'm just gonna head out now, and y'all, y'all deal with it. Good, good luck, fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> because I know, I know, sure as hell, I can't stop it, and I'm the only one who understands any of this. Please. So here you go. Here's the key. Have a great day. I'm gonna go hang out with the saints and the angels and right. whatnot, and uh, let you clean this up. Yeah, you, you, you got this. Yeah, you got this. Right. Great. Right. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Should I go on? Yes. yes. <laughs> they decipher text found next to the cylinder, which describes the liquid as the corporeal embodiment of Satan. Hey, I wasn't jumping that far ahead. <laughs> um, and then I kind of go off on a tear again. Right. The woman translating the text is getting her doctorate in theology with a focus on translating ancient scriptures, making her easily the most awesome person that we have met thus far. Right. She yes. also has some eye rolls so epic that she briefly altered the Earth's orbit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> True. Hands down my favorite character. Oh, yeah. Uh, she was pretty great. Yeah. Uh, and was the only one who was like, you know, not dealing with a man's bullshit. Right. The only one. Right. You and your sex. The liquid appears to be sentient and broadcasts increasingly complex streams of data. The academics use a computer to analyze the data and find that it includes differential equations, despite that 2,000 years ago, differential equations hadn't even been invented yet. As far as we know. Humans didn't know about it yet. Uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) While the homeless and earthworms and various rot begin to congregate around the... What? No, just that goes with the insect thing. Oh, okay. The worms thing. The maggots thing. Yeah. You can't. Uh, begin to congregate around the abandoned church, increasing intensity as the scientists work. Over a period of two days, um, which is interesting because they're only supposed to be there for a weekend. Right. Uh Small jets of liquid escape the cylinder, forming a pool of green liquid on the ceiling. And this was my f- second favorite visual in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Some of the effects um, kind of fall apart, and I will get into that when they happen. Right. Uh, but a lot of it was, despite the time, very, in my opinion, well done. Right. Uh, oh, for sure. And this was one. Um, the dripping of the cylinder up to the ceiling i Uh thought was really really good oh yeah um members of the group exposed to the liquid become possessed by the entity and attack others anyone attempting to leave is killed by the growing mass of enthralled schizophrenic homeless people who surround the building they discover that the liquid is psychokinetic able to influence outside the cylinder by quote-unquote thought right um convenient Yep. So first off, yeah, with the liquid pouring up, always a good, always a good effect. Not always. It will fall apart in a minute. It can, yeah. 
It can. But here it was done really well. In that scene. Yes. yes. Um, the other instance where I know it worked really well was in Alien... No, it was um, the prequel movies. The first one, Prometheus. Oh, okay. Oh, I haven't right seen Prometheus yet. It was, I liked them. Okay. Myself. Um, and I'm a huge Alien fan. Mm-hmm. Huge. Um, I don't know why people are bitching about them. They're wonderful movies. You know? But that, that's another thing. Because not only did we deal with the liquid pouring up, but it was melting mm. pouring up. It was a really good... Um, it looked almost like mercury or ferrofluid. Interesting. Or like mm-hmm. that. It worked really well. Um, but yeah, that can be fucked up yeah. really badly. And it, it gets that way later in the movie. Um, the yeah. one that I thought you were going to reference, which no one ever references because I might be one of like eight people who have actually seen the movie, uh, is The Ring 2. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I actually really liked The Ring 2. I did not think it was as scary as the first one. Right. Right. But I thought it was way more artistically well done. Oh, yeah. And it told a better story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Frankly, I like the Japanese version anyway. Mm. I still haven't seen it. There's so much more detail. Yeah. In the Japanese version. I'll have to to go through, especially after watching the um, tragedy... That is Kataka versus Sayako. Oh. <laughs> yeah. As much as I loved the two exorcists, I, and I still do, they were hands down the best part of the movie. I really, really, really need to get that footage, that that audio. I need to see if I can fix it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Apparently, it was an episode, uh-huh. and the yeah. audio was lost. The audio was lost. So oh. it was, it was the basement, and there was too oh. much echo, and oh no, it means it was even before mic. I joined. Yeah, it was before we had the soundboard and the whole thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, nuts. It was nuts. So, boo. <laughs> boo. Yeah. The, love that movie. Anyway, go ahead. Wait, what movie? Sadako versus Hayako. You loved it? You told From me a... explicitly to not watch it because you hated it. <laughs> I liked it because it was unintentionally hilarious. It was unintentionally hilarious. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> As a horror movie, it's horrible. Like, I think it's on the podcast that you told me not to watch it. I think it was on possibly. the Don't Look Up episode. Oh, possibly. <laughs> possibly. But okay. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. Uh, Byrock and the priest theorize that Satan is actually the offspring of an even more powerful evil, the anti-god, who is bound to the realm of anti-matter. So this is where Bob kind of gets lost. I yeah. thought it was an interesting idea, frankly. I feel like this is the best scene in the movie. Yeah. When they're talking about... what? Yeah, when they're having this conversation. Okay. And Donald Pleasance is kind of like breaking down and like getting a little nuts because Victor Wong is like, maybe it's this. And Donald Pleasance does not like hearing that. No, because no. he's like, what about faith? What about just believing in things for the sake of belief? Yeah. And that's like, dude, you hired scientists <laughs> to come in and look right? at this thing. Why are you going to tell us to stop thinking about it? Yeah. Why? Why? You wanted us to come in and do our jobs. This is us coming in, doing our jobs. Not only that, but you have college students, therefore free labor. Uh-huh. Right. You know, the the teacher is the only person getting paid for this job. 
there's no government grant here. It's all from the church. But still, I'm like, dude, you hired people to come in and look at the green goo <laughs> to find out what the fuck it is. It's not Slimer. You didn't catch him in a tube. You know, it's... Uh, uh. But now you're you're telling scientists to not think? And just trust. Yeah. All the way yeah. It's like, I feel like you don't know what science is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And, and also for me, at this point in the movie, I went, well, and this is when I started to feel like I was on, I, I felt like I was having an acid flashback because I got real, I got real deep down a rabbit hole thinking about like, well, if the apocalypse was to come in a scientific way, wouldn't, wouldn't it be antimatter? So maybe it's just a big old pipe full of antimatter. And then I <laughs> just right. like... Who said that? Who said that Satan has to be our size? Maybe he's itty bitty microscopic antimatter size. Right. We don't know. <laughs> and there's and a jillion of him. <laughs> and there's a jillion of him. I got real. <laughs> I got real deep into it, like trying to, like get, getting on the train here, getting oh, on yeah. this Prince of Darkness train. Yeah, I mean, but you have to remember that this whole movie is just a question whether or not God exists. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's seriously like. I think the people who really like this movie are the people who like movies um, to give you questions yeah. for you to mull over. and Right. Which, you know, as has been said on the podcast multiple times, oh, totally. is exactly what I go for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, I want some answers, but not all of them. But not all of them. Right. Yeah. Right. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes I want the, the, the fucking empty calories of a slasher. I'm just like, no, they're just killing people. That's it. Yep. It's the whole plot. <laughs> <laughs> or a fucking found footage movie. Oh, look. Oh, God, I love found footage movies. Running through a fucking set of woods again. Again. That is almost all found footage movies. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> because, you know, a camera and woods are cheap. It's true. Yep. I still need to make you watch the Lost Coast tapes. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> I watched the Poughkeepsie tapes. Does that count? No. <laughs> Those were great, though. They were. I'm sure you hated them. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I liked them. Um, so, moving on to the movie that we're actually supposed to be talking oh, about. Yes. After an incredibly jilted performance by Frank, and this is one of the few, like, technical acting criticisms I have. When Frank is outside talking to anybody, right. um, it's, it comes across like he has a stutter and it's acting up, but he realizes that he's an actor and is trying to not have a stutter because his character doesn't. Right. And I'm just like, you need a minute. Like, go sit down, breathe, have some water, try again later. Right. Yeah. Because um, it, was, it was bad. Um, however, it's incredibly contrasted by an amazing performance by Susan, who at this point is very possessed. Oh, yeah. Um, and Frank is murdered by... I like by... her just kind of skulking around in the background. Yeah. She, when, when she is possessed and she does the whole, like, wide-eyed stare thing, she has a very, like, Linda Blair look to her. Yeah. And I mean more yeah. recent Linda Blair than this would have been. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah she did. And I, it, it worked amazing. Like, I thought I thought Susan was great. Um, Frank is murdered by the homeless woman the priest met earlier. Um, 
Okay, you guys keep going. I actually need a cup of coffee, so I'm going to get, go prepare that. Keep talking. Okay. I'll yell from the background. <laughs> okay. The survivors find themselves sharing a recurring dream. Apparently a tachyon transmis- transmission. God damn it. Uh, sent as a warning from the future year, they eventually end up saying 1999, uh, showing a shadowy figure emerging from the front of the church. The hazy transmission changes slightly with each occurrence of the dream, revealing progressively more detail. The narration of the transmission each time instructs the dreamer that what they are witnessing is an actual broadcast from the future and that they must prevent this possible outcome. So this is the dream that is... It's a premonition without being a premonition. It's something actively from the future being broadcast backwards in time. They explain it by uh, the tachyons are going faster than light so that they appear to be going backwards in time. Um, (laughs) To prevent uh, Armageddon. Yes. And I, I really liked it. I thought it was a really interesting concept on on dream reading. I thought it was, I thought it tied into um, and was the whole basis for the Brotherhood of Sleep. Yeah, um, I really liked basically all of that plot. That, like I said, I would watch I would watch a movie about the Brotherhood of Sleep and like get into the ins and outs and whys yeah. and hows and you know how like go into them writing the book. Yeah, like I would totally be down for that. Yeah. Um, and the dreams go along with that, for Definitely. sure. Yeah. Keep in mind, though, that that book, why did it need to be in, like, five different languages? To make sure everybody we, could understand it. Oh, okay. Because it was written over <laughs> 2,000 years, and languages evolve and die. Yeah, there's that, too. Yeah, yeah. So, like, there's, like, different languages in the same paragraph. <sighs> that were written by different people. Maybe in the Brotherhood of Sleep, you all have a universal language when you're asleep, but when you're awake and writing, you are you are different. Like one person's German and one person's Italian, one person's writing in Aramaic. Sumerian. But when they're asleep, they all have a universal understanding. That makes sense. Maybe. Okay. We we are dream logic. We are working real hard for you, Carpenter. Working real hard because to make we actually it make like sense. this subplot. Yes. <laughs> I'm not trying that hard. <laughs> Walter, trapped in a closet after being the subject of gay trapped jokes, cool, uh, witnesses the possessed bring the cylinder to sleeping Kelly. It opens itself, and the remaining liquid absorbs into Kelly, transforming her into the physical vessel of Satan, a gruesomely disfigured being with powers of telekinesis and regeneration. Ooh. This is where that... Um, special effect falls apart as soon as the water starts moving quickly it becomes very obvious that this is filmed upside down and is yeah. being played in reverse yeah when yeah. it was drips it is way less noticeable oh totally <laughs> absolutely totally. Uh, a, a bunch of effects and there's going to be another one that i i really liked and then fucking hated um later in the movie where Swift movement is the bane of this movie. As soon as anything starts moving fast, the visual effects break down. Yeah. Oh, it's to hold his beer. His Stranger Things thing comes with an extra hand. (laughs) (laughs) He also has more of a gut. He does. That one has more of a gut than yours. He does. 
Okay. Sorry. Carry on. <laughs> Carry you on. can sell. You, you can tell that Bob really cares about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go make coffee. I need to go make coffee. I'm going to go look at I the Hopper doll. I'm literally falling asleep while we're taping. I'm like, I can't do that. I do need to actually be awake <laughs> to host my show. Yeah. He says talking I'm about sure. a Stranger Things figurine. Anyway. And, and you stuffed yourself full of pasta before this. <laughs> But it was delicious. It was pasta. delicious, but it's going to make you go night-night. I know. I'm <laughs> horrible. I'm the worst person. So, the visual uh, is now. Uh, Kelly. <laughs> the visual is now. It is. <laughs> Kelly attempts to summon the anti-god through a dimensional portal using a mirror, but the mirror is too small and the effort fails, though the visual is striking and really well done. When she's yes. reaching... Through the mirror into the other, the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was really well done. Yes. Mm-hmm. Really well done. Um, until later at, like, the very end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> While the rest of the team is occupied fighting the possessed, Kelly finds a larger wall mirror and draws the anti-god's hand through it. We are, like, almost at the end. Oh, shit. Because um, a lot of things happen and just aren't necessarily worth mentioning. Well, there's a lot... There's a lot of talking. Yeah, like in this. The end of the movie. What have you done? What have you done? Like uh, things kind of escalate. They go from zero to sixty real quick. Yeah. Because like weird mullet guy dies and is of no consequence. Yeah. Um. (laughs) The big guy dies. He's of no consequence. The black guy dies and he was of no consequence. The black guy dies but didn't die. Yeah, he starts wandering around and laughing at mirrors and shit. Right, and singing Amazing Grace. And singing Amazing Grace. Which was creepy. It was. It was not very good. But it was creepy. Yes. Uh, And the acting was well done, but he is not a vocalist. (laughs) Um, Kelly finds a larger mirror, draws the anti-god's hand through it. Danforth, Danforth, goddammit, the only one free to act tackles Kelly, causing both of them to fall through the portal. The priest throws an axe, shattering the mirror, trapping Kelly, the anti-god, and Danforth uh, in the other realm. Danforth is seen briefly on the other side of the mirror, reaching out to the portal before it closes. This is where that visual breaks down. As soon as they plunge into it, you can see the lights, you can see that they are diving (laughs) into a pool of water. It is infuriating. Right? Right, yeah, they, before... Because I was, I was like, oh, this effect is going to be well done. Before and I was right, and then was very wrong. Right. Um, I feel like this movie itself kind of suffers in the second running of uh, the effects within it. You know, yeah. like the, the goop, oh, yeah. the goop is great when you first see it, and then it goes to hell. And then <laughs> the mirror is great, and then it goes to hell. And in 1987, <laughs> you know, this was state-of-the-art shit. Yeah, so. and John Carpenter did not um, he because he didn't really have the budget for it. He he didn't want to do anything post. He right. wanted everything to be a physical effect. He's always been big on the physical effects, but yeah. on this particular, he was like, I don't really have the capital, yeah, three million dollars. God damn. Yeah. Um, but he didn't have the capital, so he was like, I want to make everything happen in real time. And a lot of it was fine. Yeah, it's just until. They didn't plan for things to happen quickly. Yeah. Right. 
Uh, like the dripping is really well done, and then the gushing is shit. Yeah, the, gushing uh, the reaching through the portal, even when she gets her whole hand, yeah, um, is really well done, and then she dives through it. It's shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, and, and but then there, then there was also like the obviously plastic Satan hand and her hand. Yeah, that together. that was not that was, a great physical effect. No. <laughs> Those were mannequin hands, is what those were. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. No. Just have people hold hands, Carpenter. You know, it, just, no. Why <laughs> would you do that? Why? Immediately after the portal uh, closes and the mirror is smashed, the possessed die. The street people, that's apparently how this is worded, yeah. uh, wanders away, and the survivors, Marsh, Walter, Barak, and the priest, are rescued. Um... I even wrote down again, sadly, all visuals seem to fall apart as soon as swift movement is Mm -hmm. made. Um, Marsh has the recurring dream again, except now it's Danforth, apparently possessed. um, Except now Danforth, apparently possessed, is the figure, there we go, emerging from the church. Marsh awakens and finds Danforth, gruesomely disfigured, lying in bed with him. This is shown to be another dream. He awakens screaming. Rising, he approaches his bedroom mirror, his hand outstretched as if he's going to go through it. Right. The end. Did we talk about the one dude that, like, dissolved into a bunch of bugs? Uh, no. No. The guy, the guy that went outside. Yeah. That is Frank. Okay. Went outside, and, like, he's in the basketball court yelling at them. Yeah. Yeah, that's Frank. Yeah. The bugs. Why the bugs again? I... The person made of bugs is a neat trope, and it wasn't badly done, but what the hell, dude? Like, I kind of get it because of demonic mythology, but yeah. at the same time, it because that wasn't connected in the movie, it, it felt disjointed. Yeah, yeah my, my biggest issue with the movie at its core is that it just doesn't blend the religion and the technology no. enough for me. Yeah. It does it in some places really, really well. And then in some places it like almost ham fistedly tries to yeah. keep them separate. Yeah. There, there were, yeah, there, there have been a lot better movies. Fucking priest did it better. than <laughs> And priest was fucking awful. Uh, I don't know if I've seen priest. Priest was the one with the, the priest that's hunting vampires. Paul yes. Bettany and yeah, um, Carl Urban. It was. I don't know who Carl I Urban was, was up in that piece. Carl Urban oh. played Bones in the oh. new Star Trek. New Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And Judge I haven't Dredd. watched the new Star Trek movies. I haven't watched the new Judge Dredd. Uh, Lord of the, the Rings. Movie. What was he in Lord of the Rings again? Oh, God. He was one of the humans. Um, yeah. He's he's hot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's super hot. He's in The Boys. The Boys, oh, yeah. yes. He yeah. is in The Boys. Um, um, what else is he in? Uh, Riddick. He was in yeah. uh, New Zealand. Yeah. Um, I'm just not great with actors' names. I'd probably be like, "Oh yeah, that guy is." Yeah, you'll probably him. recognize him yeah. when you see him. He's in Thor. Which oh, he one? was in Thor. Yeah. Um, uh, he was also in um, Xena. Yeah, as Cupid. I do that not guy. remember. Oh, okay. That guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Cupid, wasn't he? He was. He yes, he was. I don't remember Cupid from Xena. Oh, I need to rewatch so Xena. You can find the his scenes on YouTube, and you're just like, ball. <laughs> but, 
Bless oh, your he little was heart. in Doom, too. Yeah. He um, was in Doom. He was. I forgot that Doom happened, because Doom should not have happened. Doom should not have happened, but I'll still watch it just for shit. Oh, absolutely. Every so yeah. Often. Um, it's adorable. Carl Urban, Carl Urban, where are we? Hang on. Carl Urban in Lord of the Rings was... What the fuck? Amir. That could be any of them. Yeah. Amir. <laughs> I Boromir's Boromir's Bor- brother. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 He wasn't Faramir, which is this guy. Yeah. David Wenham, who I've never heard of in my life, but I do recognize that face. That yes. Oh yeah, great value. Um, Owen Wilson. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make Stephanie die. I just got her. Oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, great value, Owen Wilson. All right. <laughs> I think I think that was because of his resemblance to Sean Bean that they got that part. Mm. That makes sense. Who still? I've seen very little where he doesn't die. Yeah. Sean Bean has made a career on death. Go yeah. For it. Worked Go for, for Poe, right? Mm. But no, I mean you're right that there's there's not enough of a blending of the tech and the religion. Yeah. But there's not supposed to be either because they are supposed to be kind of the warring factions. You've got the common sense on this side and you've got the faith on this side. And I, I will always firmly land on the side of common mm. sense. Let's yeah. Go. Maybe just going back to the goo, maybe that's why, maybe that's the issue. If it was not goo in a vat, if it was like an actual corpse, an actual corpse or a haunted relic of some sort or a Dybbuk box for all I care. Yeah, so like, I, I don't know. I just, the fact that it's so, it's so technology based down to what they're whole, it's being held in. But the church is like, this is the way it is. Well, that's because the church has apparently, according to the plot, even, just misinterpreted what has happened because according to Carpenter and other descriptions of the film that I've read, um, God, in this case, Jesus Christ, in this case, was an alien that came down to defeat this other extra dimensional being, which is Satan. Yeah. So there you go. So, you know, we are talking about the destruction of God in this film. Mm-hmm. There is no God. There was an alien that came down to save us. Who was vaguely humanoid. Right. Right. Who just <clears throat> happened to to match our looks enough that we didn't care. You know, until we just strung up on strung him up on a cross. You know, it so I I like where Carpenter was going with this because I, I will always challenge religion because frankly, in my eyes, religion is just keeping tabs on the neighbors. Spirituality, totally different thing. You can be spiritual and not be religious. Mm-hmm. You know, I get it. I get that. Uh, a lot of pagan friends of mine feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my religion is more of a spirituality than a religion. It's it's personal to me because there's so many different ways you can be pagan. Mm-hmm. You know, but all of the different ways you can be pagan generally commingle really well. You know, as opposed to the different factions of Christianity, which 
legit like wars hate each other mm-hmm. you know and, and even going back to the split of the abrahamic religions to begin with yeah you know you've got this this idea of what god is and carpenter is very clearly challenging that and i applaud that mm-hmm. i do i absolutely do his execution though the thing this ain't yeah even even in uh, in the mouth of madness this ain't in the Mouth of Madness was creepy and and H.P. Lovecraft-esque. Well, better and, benefit out of that name. Right. And, <laughs> and, you know, gibberish and, and squ- gibbous and squamous and all that other, you know, Poe, uh, not Poe, uh, Lovecraft-like language, that, that was, you know, in the Mouth of Madness. That was handled really well mm. because it was the destruction of the mind and the destruction of, you know... Um, and that's what we're talking about mm-hmm. in, in terms of these, these this trilogy of movies. The destruction of things. Um, this was his least successful out of them. It really was. So, Even though I like the movie, you can see why. <laughs> it Not only does it not go deep, deep enough into that juxtaposition between technology mm-hmm. and, and magic... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's disjointed. The either either he didn't edit it well, or it was written that way, and it just didn't quite work. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got scenes of people doing things that don't necessarily match up to anything else. Yeah i I feel like it might be at least for me more in the writing of it because at this also looking at the cast, I don't give a shit about no, any of these of people they are all really two-dimensional you don't really learn anything about them yeah. it's There's just too many of them That's there's too many yeah so many it's people yeah it is it's a big cast and we've we've dealt with movies with big casts before but those movies still focused on a smaller subset right like mm-hmm. willy wonka whole page of fucking credits focused on like what? six yeah six or seven yeah Tops, you know, Grandpa Joe, Charlie, Willy Wonka, and the other four kids. The kids. And then sometimes Oompa Loompas for a minute. Yeah, right. But the Oompa <laughs> Loompas were still not the focus. They were just a plot point. You know, they were just something to, to give us our moral lesson, as yeah. it were. You know. um, but in this one, you're trying to pay attention to nine billion characters, mm-hmm. and you don't give a shit about anything. Yeah. Except for... The oddly racist Asian dude. Yeah. The only one I cared about was the uh, the awesome translator girl. Right. Who does not have enough lines. But she had amazing shoulder pads. Yes. She did. Oh, the, the shoulder pads with the rolled up sleeves and the jacket. She was great. She was amazing. Yeah. She was amazing. And then she just kind of gets uh, nap fucked. Mm. Yeah. Because she's Some... taking a nap and then Susan just barfs in her mouth. Yeah. 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 Poor her. Again. It's like that's the only way that you again, could get her is that if she's asleep. Yeah. 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 But but again, with the mouth barf. We've had this discussion on this podcast. Again, with the mouth barf. It is a common trope. It is. It is. And, you know, one more time, we know that that's how people intake shit. But. Yeah. Wah. It bothered me less in this. Yeah, um, it because it wasn't. Because yeah. it, it wasn't vomit, for one. 
Yeah. Um, and for two, you could see where things were being sprayed from a hose from the other side of the actor. Yeah. It oh, was, yeah. It was real, real obvious. <laughs> so it bothered me less. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is what's happening. Yep. Yep. So, but I wish I liked this movie more. Yeah. I, I mean, Carpenter in his career has had some hit or miss. And, and a lot, most directors have. Um, up to and including like Tarantino. People love Tarantino, and then you know, looking at fucking Pulp Fiction, going, "Well, why do people like this?" You know, um, it's still one of his more critically acclaimed, mm-hmm. but I don't know why. <laughs> you know, and this has this it's cult following, and I don't know why, because it is convoluted. It is not well written. You know, it is not a good character study at all. No, it's more like he just wanted to bitch about religion for two hours. You know, and yeah. while I'm down for that, <laughs> um, again, please practice whatever you want. Do that. That's great. You know, believe whatever you like. Don't shove it in people's faces. And it's all good. You're, you know, a lot, most people's concept of sin is an affront to God. Mm-hmm. Whereas mine is treating people like things. Mm-hmm. That be That's how that works. So, you know, but believe what you want. This movie didn't delve into that deep enough mm. to make it worth my time. It didn't. Yeah. Any other points we want to talk about? Not pre-rating. No, not, I don't think so. Not pre-rating? Really? Wow. Shocking. All right. Wow. We're going to have a decent decent length episode. I know they've been long lately, kids. Sorry about that. Um, of course, we were taping for 15 minutes before you shut up. <laughs> So it's going to be a shorter, though, a shorter one. <coughs> All right. So are we ready for reading? Today? I am. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So as you can tell, because I've been relatively quiet this episode, as opposed to other episodes where it's just me talking, waiting <laughs> for these guys to interrupt me because I just can't stop talking. Um, this is one I wasn't thrilled about. I do have it. I do watch it occasionally, it, you know, if I'm in the mood for, the, you know, the trilogy, mm. if I want to watch them. Uh, normally, I would just watch the thing by itself, but if I want to watch all three, I will. Um, it's not a bad movie. I, I will never say that it's a bad movie. It is ill-formed. It is not well thought out. It is not well written. It is. It does not have a good grasp on the philosophy it's trying to present um and while i appreciate the philosophy that it's trying to present and and this scenario that he's invented in which satan is something technological and something technological came to to handle it and handled it in a technological manner which eventually became religion um microphone again excuse me the envelope um <laughs> you almost made it you i know, almost made it through. i did i almost made it through he, he hit it before he i got did hit it oh all he right never mind hard before but it um, was before the it was before, mattered yeah, so before it mattered. but anyway um <laughs> trying to form words now and i'm I'm having a hard time because, again, I don't hate this movie, but I don't particularly like it either. Um, I, I, 
Carpenter needed to spend a little bit more time actually looking into, like, Catholicism. Because that's obviously what he was using as a basis for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he was raised Catholic or not. I don't know what he was thinking. But there's a lot of aspects of Catholicism that he could have used to his advantage that he did not. Um, like transubstantiation. You know, when, where you're talking about, you know, when you eat the wafer and it is the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just the fact... Fuck, just the fact that you have thousands upon thousands of people lining up every Sunday to eat the flesh of a dead person. And drink the blood. And drink their blood. That's a horror movie in and of itself. But And they have pieces of dead bodies in every church. Right. They do. They do. In their ossuaries, usually. Um, bones and so on and so forth. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of churches, particularly in Europe, often had an anchorite. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who don't know what an anchorite is, that is basically a priest and or nun who has been sealed into the wall and all they do is pray until they die to bless the church. So, in case you're wondering, I don't have good, warm, fuzzy feelings about the Catholicism in particular, um, but Christianity as a whole. Uh, but again, you believe what you want. But as for this movie... It needed more. It always needed more. It, it. I mean, from the first time I watched it to to this morning when I rewatched it, um, it's there's it's missing something. I can't tell you what it is, and I think I think what it is is more research, uh, more research, and writing writing out two or three characters and really focusing on the ones that matter. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't necessarily need the body count. Mm-hmm. I want the good story. And I know that Carpenter is capable of it. We all know he's capable of it. He's made some fantastic fucking movies. The Thing. Amazing. Why, by the way, they named the prequel also The Thing? <clears throat> Just. That's pure fucking laziness. That's <laughs> what that is. Pure fucking laziness. But. I mean, the other option is like The Other Thing. The Other Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. And another thing. (laughs) The thing is. (laughs) He touched my thing. So here's the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Uh, They also could have gone by the thing from another planet, which is what the original was called. And the original with um, James Arness who played Lurch in mm. the Adams Family series. Um, basically, he was a big, giant space carrot. Yeah. He didn't change much between those two things. He really didn't. <laughs> um, those two things. There's there the... it is. Uh, but, anyway, no, I mean, that the thing duology of films is really good. I hear they're actually working on a sequel sequel now, which I'm looking forward to. Um... In the Mouth of Madness, again, there's your H.P. Lovecraft shit. He handled that super well. Disagree, but... Yeah. As far as... Uh, as far as the ideas of madness... 
this. Okay. When it comes to Lovecraft's work. That all agree when it, with. When it comes to those things that are just so beyond your scope that mm-hmm. you cannot help but go mad. Um, when it comes to the town of the secret, you, you know, he, you're basically dealing with a kind of Brigadoon mm-hmm. uh, in that movie. That was all of those little pieces were handled really well. As for whether or not it was truly Lovecraftian, that's up for debate. Um, but this one, because it's supposed to be biblical, people have been making biblical horror for fucking ever. You have your source material, Carpenter. You can do better than this. So, with all of that said. I'm going to have to give this uh, two out of five pant leg beetles. <laughs> <laughs> there were way more than five. There were way <laughs> more than five. Um, definite deal breaker in the bug department on this movie. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if my biggest, you know what? I do know. My, I think my biggest issue was the lack of depth with all of the characters we had a decent body count and then on top of it we had a decent amount of survivors yeah that is a lot of people especially when you're talking about an apocalyptic movie yeah you know really you should have been dealing with like three tops yeah for sure um yeah i just feel like um the whole movie is very surface in the ideas and it doesn't go it just doesn't go deep enough for me that being said it does make me sit there and create my own theories in my head Mm -hmm. because i'm frantically trying to give a shit about the people and trying to make logical sense of what's happening Mm right so my my brain the way it works i you know like it's always trying to find a solution uh, like to a OCD level speed. So, um, yeah, I just really wanted this to be a little more well conceived. Yeah. Um, and even that, that being said though, it's not my least favorite Carpenter movie and I probably will watch it again in my lifetime and maybe, Maybe my opinion will change a little as I get older and I have more concepts in my mind about technology and spirituality. And, you know, I feel like this movie is a good one to revisit after large spanses of time just to kind of see where your own head is in terms of good and evil, religion and technology um, and the two colliding. So my rating, I think, is three out of five um, money shots to the face of <laughs> demon goo, Satan goo, whatever you want to call it. Satan's bunk. Satan's bunk. <laughs> I, I will say by gross the way, and spicy, right? <laughs> <laughs> I will say that this movie is not good for like an MST3K. 
No. No. You don't want to sit and make fun of this one because it's hard enough time. It's hard enough to follow it as it is. You, this is this is the kind of thing where the next day you're talking with people who have seen it or have also watched it recently and are making fun of it then, mm. not as it happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So in in contrast, um, despite the rampant misogyny and homophobia, which ooh, yeah, yeah, we we just glossed over severe. for the sake of not making this yeah, too depressing and dark. Yeah. <laughs> neither of them are fucking okay no they are not um so beyond that i really do still think i like this movie i do think that there were there were absolutely problems with it um i think that it didn't go deep enough into some of its subjects um i thought that it, it certainly could have um like we have talked about the brotherhood of sleep i would love for the, it to go further into that yeah um Maybe further into some of the whys of things, like why it's goo, for one, mm-hmm. would be great. Um, but at the same time, um, and I do still think that we could have reduced the cast by, like, four yeah. and been in a much better place. Because, like, Mullet Guy didn't give a shit about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Forgot he was there after a minute when he reappeared and went, like, oh, yeah, you're in this movie. Right. So, the, like, the first two times I watched it... Um, I thought he was just a homeless who came in and it wasn't until the most recent time watching it. I was like, Oh, you had like lines and were yeah. uh, research. Okay. Oops. <laughs> and, and then you I was like, even the cast can't follow it. At one point somebody's like, Oh, uh, well, I can't remember her name right now. Um, like where's so-and-so who <laughs> the radiologist, the one with the glasses. I'm like, even even the characters cannot keep track. That's Don't true. even know the people right. around them. Right? Yeah. <laughs> There's just too right. many people the flying people around. They know who they are and the two that have slept together. Yeah. Right. Uh. And they never say the other one's name. Right. Um, but yeah, for, for the most part, um, despite that I do think we needed to reduce the cast, I don't have as much of a problem with the cast being two-dimensional. Um, because for me, for this movie, for the mindset that, uh, I was in while watching it is that they aren't important and that that's fine. That it's more of a vehicle for the ideas and the concepts. Um, and that worked much better for me. Um, but as we have discussed at length multiple times, um, I watch movies very differently than Bob. You too. (laughs) You too. Um, (laughs) So I I really am kind of fascinated by the resurgence and seeing that this movie has gotten brought up more recently. Um, like, there have been a bunch of articles about it um, praising it, and I think probably more than what is due. Yeah. Um, but I would be... I'd be really interested in seeing a Brotherhood of Sleep, like a short even. Hmm. Um, as long as they don't mix it with the Russian sleep experiment, because we've ah! all had enough. We have. May, do do a Blu-ray release of Prince of Darkness with a featurette. Yes, yeah. that'd be amazing. I would be so happy. There you go. Um. Yeah, I don't know. There's. This is a another kind of weird movie to talk about. Um, between. The lack of depth of the characters, which makes it more difficult to talk about the kind of absurdist plotline. Um, 
the fact that this is another movie that I watched when I was much younger and dumber and less socially conscious. Right. Um, so this is an interesting one. I, I highly recommend going and watching it and digesting what we said and forming your own opinions about it because you will oh, yeah. likely pick and choose and agree with some of us and and disagree the very next fucking sentence. Right. Yeah, if there's if there's anything I've learned from this movie, there it is it is some people's favorite out of the three in the trilogy. Yeah. People will sing its praises. It like it is Citizen Kane. Yeah. Which I didn't know he was until I was writing up the thing for this. Right. I didn't recognize him. Um, yeah. Not particularly a fan. Met him. He's nice. Um, he golf. came He came to uh, the haunted, my, my home haunt. Oh, nice. Um, the haunted house that I, I worked oh. for years. Uh, he was a, a like a guest celebrity there for a few years. That's so cool. Yeah. He's real nice. Um, but for my, for my rating, as I keep... Uh, Kind of going off in the weeds. Um, I think I'm tired. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's almost my bedtime. But I'm old. Mm. So. Um, for my rating, like I said, I, I really think that people should go watch this movie. I don't think it's going to be any particular person's favorite. But I, I think it is definitely worth a watch. Um, and I give it a three out of five blonde porn star stashes. <laughs> Fair. True. That, that that was a good stash. It was a great stash. It was. Um, did I mention last week? No. Like, um... <laughs> you short-circuited him. I, <laughs> I have been trying to mention this since I talked to Jen when we did Here There Be Tigers. Did uh-huh. I mention that she actually rewrote that so that it was a female main character? You did not. No, okay. So the original story, the, the main character was a boy, not oh. a girl. So she actually rewrote that to be wow. specifically female centric. Huh. So that's forgot to well fucking that. done, right? Yeah, really well done. So I appreciate that, and now I don't. I'm not quite as concerned with Stephen King's obsession with menstruation. <laughs> yeah. Because really, there was just the one. To, yeah. So, anyway, um, on that note, um, no, really, this is gonna because, like you said, the the Rotten Tomatoes is what fifty three percent, fifty eight, fifty eight. So it is kind of middle of the road. Yeah. You know, more more people like it than don't, but it is polarizing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It is definitely a polarizing film. It's it's either you don't either you like it or you don't really. Mm-hmm. Um. But again, I didn't hate it. I just don't think it's as good as it could be. Mm. Yeah. So um, on that note, if you need to get a hold of us, uh, lay eggs in our brain, um, drip green Satan goo on our heads. That's fine. Um, email us at bob at candycoatedrazor.com. You can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash candycoatedrazorblades. You can hit up our Patreon at patreon.com slash candycoatedrazor. You can find us on Instagram at ccrb underscore podcast. And don't go to the goddamn Twitter. <laughs> I'm RC. You can come chat with me in our Discord. Talk to me about weird movies. Talk to me about how you think I'm wrong that In the Mouth of Madness was a terrible H.P. Lovecraft adaptation. Because, spoiler alert... I don't think there's been a good H.P. Lovecraft adaptation, so come tell me why you think I'm wrong. 
And I'm Stephanie. You can find me pretty much anywhere with Stephanie Hayslip or a night pet with a Y instead of an I. And please check out my articles on fangirlnation.com. <laughs> Why is that funny? You always laugh at me when no, I say that. No, I just laugh at everything. <laughs> <laughs> I am sleepy. I'm sleepy. I'm going to bed, kids. Bye. 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 Bye.